the Chris Oldcorn Show. We have a fantastic show for you tonight. We're going to talk General Mattis and Donald Trump in a war of words. We're going to talk about a new survey from Angus Reid about your personal finances and how you're feeling about it. And I also have more of my interview with Ward 2 Councillor Lisa Vezzo-Allen here in Sault Ste. Marie. We'll be right back in a moment. Hold tight. Hello and welcome back. Okay, Canadians are actually feeling rather optimistic about their personal finances, which is a big surprise given the fact that we've been in a pandemic for about two and a half months right now, uh, where a lot of people have taken a financial hit to their personal finances because they haven't been able to work or their hours have been reduced. Now the government has put uh, measures in place, such as the SERB benefit, to help people during this time period to help make some of their bills. However, Angus Reid has done a survey. And believe it or not, Canadians are actually feeling pretty good. Given the fact that we have shrunken growth, lost jobs, the stock market is all over the place, and we've got unprecedented government spending going on right now, Canadians are actually still feeling pretty good about their personal finances. One in three Canadians think that they are worse off now than they were last year. Only one in three. That's very interesting. 66% of Canadians still think they're better off than they were a year ago, even though we've been in a pandemic for the last two and a half months and people's incomes have been significantly impacted. But here's the really interesting part from this survey, and this is the part I really want to talk about. And the question was, and a year from now, do you think you'll be financially better off or worse off than you are now. Now, 40% of people said that a year from now, they'll be the same as they are now. But the really interesting number here is that 30% of people say they'll be better off. But here's the thing. At the end of 2019, that number was 21%. It's actually gone up 9% in terms of people thinking they will be better off a year from now than it was just at the end of 2019. So, only 20% of people think they'll be worse off and 10% weren't sure. This is actually very interesting given the fact that we're, you know, people's incomes have been affected so immensely over the last few months. And this survey just happened. It wasn't a survey that happened, you know, three months ago. This was very, very recently, like when they asked these questions, it was last week. Um, so people are actually feeling pretty optimistic about how their finances are doing. A lot of this is probably because our economy wasn't as hit as hard as other economies were because our government did step in and they have done unprecedented levels of spending over the last few months to try and prop up the economy. Yes, that's money we'll eventually have to pay back. However, spending that money has made us less uh, of a risk of going into a recession or a depression because we've had that money cycling through the system, so people are still able to do some of the jobs, plus a lot of the jobs people are still doing, like working in grocery stores, uh, necessary services, and so on. Okay, now, we've covered a lot of what's going on south of the border. Yesterday, I talked about the press and how the police are actually you know, shooting rubber bullets at the press, uh, arresting them, like the CNN reporter Omar, uh, and uh, even uh, CBC reporter uh, Susan Ormiston, she was uh, actually um, shot at uh, by uh, some police in Minnesota. But General Mattis, he's, a, he's retired now. He was a general under Donald Trump. Donald Trump appointed him. Uh, he spoke out yesterday about uh, Donald Trump's use of the military against civilians, specifically uh, talking about the peaceful 
demonstrators who were moved by the military so Donald Trump could go to a photo op in front of a church and hold a Bible upside down. You'll see the picture of that on your screen. Okay. <laughs> general Mattis is a very, 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 very respected retired general. And he was very respected when he was the leader of the armed forces. Donald Trump picked him. And he, Mattis has said he is angry and appalled by the way Donald Trump is using the military against civilians. The U.S. military is actually not meant to be used inside the U.S. That's the job of police, FBI, uh, and some of the other uh, internal uh, security forces in the U.S. It's not, the military was never meant to clear pro peaceful protesters out of the way in front of the White House so Trump could go for a photo op. That is just not how it works. Okay, obviously Mattis was really mad about this. Trump responded on Twitter, and this is what he called Mattis on Twitter, the most overrated general. Okay, sure. Then he also said, I didn't like his leadership style or much else about him. Many others agree. Well, it seems that every time someone lets the Trump lets someone go, fires them, or they quit, he always lashes out and says that they're horrible people and they don't know what they're doing. But the common denominator here is Donald Trump hired them. So is Donald Trump just really good at hiring people that don't know how to do their jobs? Or is Donald Trump the problem? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't see how Mattis can be viewed as a bad general and a bad leadership style. He's very respected in the military. And a matter of fact, someone who worked under him just a few minutes ago just came out and also said that Donald Trump is actually, you know, he's, he agrees with Mattis. Trump should not have used the military to move peaceful protesters. What's wrong with a peaceful protest? Like, you're moving the peaceful protesters? Like, they're, they're saying there's injustices in American society. We all know that those injustices exist. Now, on your screen, you're going to see uh, part of what uh, General Mattis said about Donald Trump. It says, Donald Trump is the first president in my lifetime who does not try to unite the American people, does not even try, even pretend to try. Instead, he divides us. Yeah, that's basically Donald Trump since he came down the elevator in Trump Tower when he announced his presidency, which everyone thought was a joke, and now he's the president. I'll be right back after the break with my interview with Lisa Bezo-Allen, Ward 2 Counselor here in Sault Ste. Marie. Hold tight. And welcome back. Today we are with Ward 2 Counselor Lisa Vazo allen We were talking uh, before the break there uh, about the uh, attracting people like from the GTA and so on uh, to come up here and work who can work remotely uh, like you do. Uh, but what about attracting back the kids that leave? You know, they go off to college and university and then they don't come back to the Sioux. What can we do to bring them back? Because obviously that would be an uh, integral part of getting to 100,000 here if we could uh, keep more of our young people here locally. Most definitely. And, and in the past, I was executive director of Sioux Youth Association back mm -hmm. in 2009, 2010. And, and we did a large, uh, by the Ontario Trillium Foundation on um, youth out migration and, and the reasons why. And, and this has been part of the discussion for many years um, from an economic development perspective and also just from a community perspective. There's been a lot of people doing this work and it, it really is, you know, it's not one simple, easy answer. Uh, I mean, myself, you know, I've boomeranged back and forth four times. This is my fourth time moving back to the Sioux. 
um, since I graduated from university in 1992. So um, a lot of the same, um, you know, reasons as to why youth leave, why they don't come back, it, it hasn't changed um, from the, you know, early 90s when I left. You know, jobs, it, it's huge because you have to be able to afford to live. So that's, you know, really some of the basics. Um, now, our work environment is changing, um, especially in terms of not even pre-COVID. You know, if you're a graphic designer, if you're a writer, if you're working in software, if you're doing um, even journalism, um, you know, you can be situated in Sault Ste. Marie and, and write for, you know, a publication that's, you know, worldwide. It, it's, it's, you're not necessarily re required to be in certain places. And I think it's, it's, you know, a lot of the same, I went back and read the report um, because the big discussion about youth is, is very active on the um, social equity committee that I sit on. And it's a lot of the same things um, in terms of things to do, um, wanting more arts and culture and wanting more music venues, you know, all of that keeps coming up, coming up, coming up. But I, I think, I think we're getting there. I think you know, there's a lot of positive movement, um, especially as we see things, you know, reopen. We have a lot more young entrepreneurs that are coming into the community. You know, you take a look at Angela Caputo at The Breakfast Pig. You take a look at Jay McGoldrick, who's East Street Pizza. You take a look at Amanda at Big Lake Cabin and her team. So, you know, we're seeing young entrepreneurs that are really active in our community. And I think that will help to um, get um, people back. And I think just basically from what we're going through right now, um, you know, when I moved back in 2006, 2007, there was an influx um, just on my street. I was on Forest Avenue where we were all, you know, people that had moved back um, with our young families. So it, it all kind of goes in cycles. And I think it's just, you know, being honest with why youth are leaving and being really proactive in, in how can we attract youth. But, you know, it, it, when I go back to look at all the research and, and, and the, you know, testimonials from, from youth across the board from, you know, back in 2009 to now in 2020, it really gets into are there jobs and can they, you know, afford to support their families. So we really need to um, understand how we can um, shape our community so that, we are more forthcoming with, you know, what types of jobs, what can you do here? What are some of the major employers? And I, and I think we're on the right track, especially with the future SSM team. Um, and we're seeing a lot of collaborations with organizations. It's not just people working in silos. So I think between, you know, Algoma Workforce Investment Committee to future SSM, to the Economic Development Corporation, to what we're seeing at the Social Equity Committee, um, I think we can put together some good firm plans um, to attract youth um, to stay. And, and, you know, we're also going to be seeing a lot of people staying for post-secondary. Um, and, you know, if they stay here for post-secondary, then that will help to also retain um, and grow our, our population. And um, COVID-19 has obviously caused massive problems uh, financially for the city. Um, what are some of your ideas on how we can actually, you know, get out of this and get the city's finances back on track? 
you know, we're not the only municipality. I mean, all municipalities are affected across the board. In the May 24th um, city council meeting, Tom Bear, the uh, deputy CAO of community development and enterprise services did put forth a, um, a report. So that is available online under the May 25th report. And there is a economic development COVID-19 business response strategy that's um, in draft form, it's not completed. And so staffers with the city are working within um, you know, Tourism Sault Ste. Marie Economic Development Corporation to, to devise a plan. And um, tourism uh, promotion and development is also a big part of that plan moving, moving forward. So, you know, we're being proactive, we're not being reactive, we're working uh, in collaboration. I look forward to, to the report from Tom and the team um, to see um, what some of the creative solutions are for our municipality. And we're here today with Lisa Vezo-Allen, and we'll be right back after the break. Thank you for watching The Chris Oldcorn Show this evening. I very much appreciate you taking the time to join us. I'd like to thank Lisa Vezo-Allen. She is the counselor for Ward 2 here in Sault Ste. Marie for joining me tonight. I'd like to say thank you very much for watching. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Oldcorn. You can also listen to the audio version of this on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and other podcasting platforms. I'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for Special Report. Good night.